Hey guys, what's going on? DJ Jackal Jive here. Happy Monday, March 26, 2018. Um, had a really great weekend. Lots of cool stuff went on. Um, I really kind of wanted to just jump into the episode today. I got a lot of good information. What I'm going to be breaking down is uh, the pros and cons of my favorite digital music retailers. So in this episode, I'm going to be going through um, a lot of the ways and a lot of the, the methods in which I've been buying music online, um, you know, MP3s, WAV files, and I'm going to break down exactly the pros and cons of each individual store. So I'll be talking about TrackSource, I'll be talking about the iTunes store, um, Port a little bit. And uh, the reason why I really wanted to show you how uh, diverse I am in the actual marketplace and where I buy my music is because there's some really cool tricks and there's some really cool uh, little things here and there that each, you know, uh, retailer has to offer. Um, and like I said, I'm going to be talking about both the pros and cons because I think they're little things that all these uh, companies can work on to make, uh, you know, the music buying experience that much better for DJs um, and, you know, music industry professionals. And I think they can capitalize on uh, improving their features a little bit more, you know, with some more thought into um into some of the work here but yeah guys let's jump right into it i'll uh, i'll continue the segment here as i said it's monday march 26 2018 and today i'm talking about the pros and cons of my favorite digital music retailers you know where i buy music as a dj All right, guys, Jackal Jive here on the Jackal Jive podcast. Um, today, I'm talking all things digital music retailers, talking the majors, talking the pros and cons of buying music from different online sources. Um, and then in this segment, I'm going to be specifically talking about the most well-known, uh, probably worldwide and global, because they were really, really were the first to bring the music digital retail game to the mainstream marketplace, um, and that's iTunes. That is Apple's iTunes store. Um, you know, and I buy a ton, a ton of music on iTunes for several reasons. Um, one, it's just very well integrated with iTunes. So, you know, when you open up the iTunes app and then you go over to the, the app, you know, the store, what's really happening is they're creating a very streamlined way for you to insert the music that you purchase from Apple, um, you know, the AAC music purchase file, and then, you know, it pops up right into your library. And I think that's huge. Um, you know, the fact that they try to keep it all organized in the same tree file, you know, where you're buying the music is really where you're going into, you know, your main organization tool. And although iTunes isn't my main organizational tool for, um, you know, breaking down my DJ library further, I know it is for a lot of people. Um, and that could actually be, I'm going to write that down now, that could be a really good episode on um, where is the best place to have your home-based library for a DJ. But right now we're just going to, you know, keep it simple and just stick to, um, you know, iTunes as a music digital retailer. So the main reason or what, what I really like about, you know, buying music from the iTunes store is the fact that it's, you know, it's really easy to get to. You open up, you know, the iTunes app, you just click over to store, um, you know, it's all laid out very well for you. You got the search bar, you got all, it's broken down into all the different genres, um, you know, one area of improvement where I think iTunes could really improve on is if you're looking for something specific, um, like a string search curious, so like if you're looking for a specific track or a specific artist, um, and you know, you misspell it just by one letter, or, you know, if you're, uh, if you're copying over a track list from, you know, your sit, you, your, um, your wish list or something, you know, and you misspell it a little bit or the spaces are off, it usually doesn't come up. 
Um, and that's not a huge problem, but you, you know, you have to be more uh, careful, especially, you know, with tracks that have longer, um, character names in them. But I've noticed that the iTunes search function is just really, really weak, um, in compared to some other digital retailers. So I would really like to see them improve on that. Um, the really cool thing though about iTunes store is right now is that they have a ton, a ton of compilation albums on there and compilation albums of their DJ is going to be your huge money saver and I've talked that about on this podcast before um, the fact that if you are investing in your music you should really be looking at the least inexpensive way to purchase it especially when you're first starting out you don't have a huge budget uh, you know to go out and dig for music but like I said I think that the compilation albums, you know, a lot of the major, um, a lot of, a lot of sometimes, you know, major independent labels, they put together compilation albums, you know, with music that sounds very similar. A lot of record labels, especially within the underground music community, you know, Tool Room Records does a really, really good job at all of their albums. You know, they even do seasonal albums and, uh, you know, albums for like Ibiza and, um, you know, Miami Music Week and stuff, which is really cool. And, you know, you see this all over the place. So you really just want to do your research and see, you know, you're getting the best value because because what happens is, is now if you want to reinvest in more, you know, similar sounding music or, you know, other records, this is, this is a key. So listen up. This is a huge key. If you take away anything from the pro of the iTunes store, this is a huge key right here. What I'm about to say. So what happens is, is if you're going in to buy an album, right? And let's say you want to buy a single off of the album. When you go in and you purchase that single, it actually deducts the price of the single from the total album price if you wanted to further purchase the album down the line. So, for example, if the album costs $9.99, if you go on there and you buy a single off the album for $1.29, when you go back to the album page now, the, the single price, $1.29, is actually ducked from the album price the $9.99. So now uh, you have the ability to go back and to buy the album at that discounted price, you know, because you've already invested in the single. And this is huge, guys. This is huge. I'm telling you, because what happens is, is a lot of times, you know, I'm really eager and I'm antsy to add a lot of these tracks, you know, to my library at once, but I simply just don't have the funds to do so. You know, it's very expensive to be purchasing music all the, all the time. So I would absolutely look out for that. That is a huge, huge benefit. That's a huge pro of, um, you know, of working, of buying music within the iTunes store. Um, and like I said, I mean, that is really a key right there. I've just, you know, I've saved so many dollars over the years thinking that way, thinking that forward. So uh, you really just got to make sure you're on top of it. And um, yeah, guys, like I said, I mean, I buy a lot of good music from iTunes, a lot of good, you know, dance music and hip hop and, you know, all the genres which I spin are like all on there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the one thing I also think they could do a little bit better is they could do better at their charting. So it's really hard to, unlike some of the other major retailers, it's really hard to see good trending music or highlighting new music. Um, you know, as soon as you go to the iTunes home store and they break it down within genres too, which is good. You know, they show you a lot of good stuff and it's laid out really cool and very intuitively. You know, however, I feel like there could be more interaction within the community somehow 
whether it be like other, you know, other types of um, of charting, you know, like some of the other, you know, like uh, you can have artist charts, so like artists, you know, can can each month highlight their favorite tracks and they can work with iTunes exclusively or, uh, you know, something other than just the homepage. Make it a little bit more of like a social interaction between, you know, the artists and the people buying the music somehow. I think that that could be really cool for the platform. But as I said, nothing but love towards Apple, nothing but love towards the iTunes store, yo. I've bought so much good quality, good sounding music, you know, that works on all the uh, all the exported media I use. I've never had a problem, you know, um, you know, playing the AAC files or, you know, converting them to MP3s, you know, and then dropping them onto the CDJs or, you know, some of the other equipment I use. I've never had a problem. It's super great. Um, so yeah, guys, that's the pros and cons for using you know, buying music off of the Apple iTunes Store. You know, I've been doing it for years. I'm curious to know your guys' thoughts. You know, shoot me a message here on Anchor, um, on Twitter at Jackal Jive. What are your thoughts? What are the pros and cons of buying music on the Apple iTunes Store? All right, we'll get to the next retailer right here on Anchor on the Jackal Jive podcast. Tune in, guys. See you soon. All right, guys, we'll keep it going here. Um, Again, today we're talking about the pros and cons of some of the best digital retailers out there right now um, for DJs to purchase music, uh, the most efficient and effective ways to buy music. And um, one of my favorite platforms right now, all around, I got to say, it's it's a really, really great platform. It's called Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp is just an awesome company. They really care about the musicians. They really care about everybody who's uh, using their platform right now. It's very fair. It's very fair equity to both the artists um, and to the company. Uh, you know, they make. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to use it actually because it's not just digital. Uh, sales that they do on Bandcamp. They also do merchandise sales. They do physical formatting sales. Uh, you know, a lot of CDs, a lot of vinyl, even cassettes are up there. So there's multiple, multiple ways for musicians and artists to um, to, stream, uh, to, um, to utilize and to monetize um, their music on Bandcamp, which I really like. It's just a super diverse platform right now. And uh, so for buying music, it, it's great because my favorite feature Bandcamp right now is their Discover page. They just have a really great way to browse music. It's very well organized. There's always new and cool stuff up there. Um, Bandcamp also does really good, has like a really good editorial um section where, you know, they have uh, really good writers who write, uh, you know, amazing write-ups and reviews about the music. They highlight a lot of new artists on the platform. Um, And they just feel like there's so much equity. There's a lot of shared equity uh, between the artists and the company, which I just really appreciate. It's created this very symbiotic relationship, which is just so positive for the industry. Um, And they're cool people. You can tell it's a cool company. The culture, you know, is really intimate, which I like. Um, You know, they they do a lot of great stuff. I think it's a um, a West Coast-based... I think they're West Coast-based right now. And... um, some of the things, though, so that's a lot of the pros about Bandcamp. Some of the things uh, that I think they could work on, um, especially with their strategy, is uh, is one is is definitely figuring out how to get, how to build the brand awareness around Bandcamp. Um, right now, it's really kind of you know seen as this underground, 
um, indie type style marketplace. But I think Bandcamp has huge opportunity to become um, a major, a real major uh, retailer in the game. You know, to compete with with some other uh, people, especially within the dance dance music culture. Um, you know, they have so many different genres on there. And uh, one thing I really like is a lot of their underground dance music that they have for sale on there. But um, like I said, I mean, most people, most DJs don't go to Bandcamp to buy their records. You know, they're going to uh, these other retailers like Beatport or, um, or TrackSource or even Juno Download, which we'll be talking about a little bit here. But um, I really think that Bandcamp can excel more if they just figure out how to rebrand and reposition themselves towards DJs. Because DJs are a huge, huge music consumer, um, especially within, you know, the dance music realm and, you know, some of these other sub genres that they have listed on their tree and uh, I've always been buying music but whenever you know I go out and I am uh, networking with other people and I explain to them that I'm using Bandcamp as, as a major purchasing point for my music they're always like oh wow like I didn't know that I didn't even know Bandcamp had like really cool records on like that but I've always been exposed to that and my roommate um, Eddie Kronkowski exposed me to them and I'm just super happy, um, you know, having used that service. So that's some of the pros and cons of using Bandcamp to buy your music efficiently and effectively as a DJ or if you're growing your music library. Go check them out, bandcamp.com. A lot of cool features, yo, a lot of cool music. Go check it out. We'll keep it going here on this episode on this Monday, March 26th, 2018. Alright guys, so next on this list of uh, the pros and cons of the major digital retailers uh, in which I buy music, um, I really want to talk about now is Beatport. Okay, so Beatport is uh, is really well known. Beatport's globally known. Um, it's a great place to buy dance music tracks. Uh, they have even DJ mixes up there. Um, but it's really interesting, actually, Beatport. It's evolved so much over the years. Um, I remember years and years ago, you know, Beatport was really just this place to buy high-quality music. Um, you know, Beatport is one of the only retailers, you know, that allows you to buy music in uh, the .aiff files or the .wav files. Um, you know, not the standard MP3 like some other uh, marketplaces online. So this is really, really where they got popular because a lot of audiophiles, you know, people who are um, very interested in how things sound and the quality of the sound, that's what they call an audiophile. Um, you know, this would be the main place for people to go and buy because, you know, you can only buy these audio formats for, for dance music tracks on Beatport. Um, another really good positive, a pro of Beatport is that uh, they get a lot of exclusive tracks on Beatport, okay? A lot of independent labels work really well with Beatport and, you know, drop their um, music on Beatport before they make it to the other retailers. Um, so that's definitely an added bonus. You know, I, I realized if you... If you want to find music and then you try to go on iTunes or somewhere where it could be a little less expensive, um, it won't be there. And that kind of leads me into my next, uh, into the one of my things that I think where Beatport gets beat out by some of these other companies is the expense. Beatport is pretty expensive, okay? Uh, most standard MP3s on the website are going to cost you $2, $1.99. Um, and that's for most tracks. Some will even come in at $1.49, um, but for the overwhelming majority, they're $2 per track. Okay, so that's why I always recommend 
and I'll say this again at the conclusion of uh, this episode here, is to make sure you're comparing prices between retailers because a lot of times is I'll look on Beatport and I'll go, oh, this track is really cool, but then I'll switch over to the iTunes store and I'll find the same exact track for you know a dollar twenty nine, you know significantly less expensive, you know, and these really start to add up if you're buying a lot of tracks at once. So definitely start to compare the prices across the digital retailers if you're growing your music collection, if you're building out a DJ library. This is the best way to save money, be efficient and effective with how you're purchasing your music. Um, and I really like Beatport. It's very intuitive. The user experience is really smooth. It's really creative. It's energetic. Um, you know, I love browsing the website. I think that the Related tracks give you really good, you know, new music to listen to. Um, the preview player is really great. It shows you the waveform right there. It shows you the entire waveform of the of the record, so you can, you know, even get a better idea of, uh, you know, how it might be able to fit into a DJ mix or. Um, you know, or you utilize that in some other way there. Um, I also like the charts. You know, the the one thing I really criticized the iTunes store about before, and I and I hope that they can improve on, is I want there to be a more um, a more built out feature for the charts. Um, you know, so if you go to beatport.com and you go over to slash charts, you'll see that there's a lot of DJs and a lot of curators who make their own charts. So I'm looking at it right now, and uh, you know they have like a Miami Underground hosted by Josh. Butler. Um, they have Tiger Stripes up there. They have uh, Winter Beach Tales by Purple Disco Machines. And basically what these are, they're, are they're an extended version of like a compilation album where artists are curating uh, these charts that they put together. And the cool thing is, is you can buy them all at once at a discount. Um, you know, they range anywhere from sometimes 15 to $20, but you know, you can get a lot of tracks. You could sometimes get, you know, um, you know, 25, 30 tracks um, for that release, depending on, you know, how they've breaking it down. Um, so this is definitely a real, real added bonus because it's also cool to see because what I've noticed is, you know, a lot of times when uh, people are, are starting to follow more uh, niche subgenres, you know, uh, of certain music styles, uh, you know, they really like a certain way this artist sounds or, you know, when they go out and see this DJ, they like the records that they're spinning. And oftentimes if you go on Beatport, you can actually then see the music more clearly, um, you know, instead of trying to follow um, certain track lists from certain mixes and, you know, rec record hunting that way, you're crate digging in, you know, a little bit more strategically and you're trying to see, oh, which artists are, are charting these tunes. So I think that that's a really smart way to approach it. But um, yeah, you know, to conclude here, I think Beatport is always going to, you know, be at the top. They're, they're really well known within, uh, you know, the DJ community. Uh, one thing I really buy from them a lot is... Um, is their DJ tool section. So if you go over to their DJ tool section, you know, they break it down into genres, and then one subsection is called DJ tools. And that's where I find a lot of good high quality uh, scratch samples that I like to scratch over. Um, you know, there's like, uh, there's like risers, and there's breakdowns, and there's different like, you know, hits and stabs of sounds that, that sound really good when you plug them into a sampler. So I think that this is a really cool thing to use. Um, and another cool feature of Beatport, I almost forgot this, is stems. Beatport sells stems, so the .stems format um, is really interesting. You know, they um, they brand it as you know something that can transform your set. You know, stems is a file format for music that will redefine your creative live performance. Um, and stems really got popular in you know collaboration with Native Instruments, you know, and, and some of their hardware products, in which stems is an audio format where you can actually break down the track 
um, into different stems. So, you know, if you're familiar with uh, music production and how, you know, DAWs work, um, you can get the stems that the producers use to make the track. So, you know, if you want just the kick or the low end or uh, the bass lines, these will be a separate stem track. Or if you want, you know, the, uh, the chord progression or, you know, certain instruments like guitars or keyboards, this will be a different stem. And uh, what you can do is when you're playing them back, um, you can add in and add out and mix these different stems as if you were, you know, mixing an Ableton Live or something where you have more control over the different individual parts of a tune. Um, and this is really why they branded it as the creative mixing live experience because they want you to kind of toy with, you know, each individual part of the track, not just the entire waveform overall, you know, and like a standard uh, CDJ type style mixing where there's just two, three or four decks. Um, you know, now you can actually dig into the tune a little bit deeper and, you know, tweak and twist these different things to make it, every time you play out, make the record sound different. And uh, I'll do a different podcast on stems, you know, but uh, stems is, is a really cool format feature. Um, you know, it's really mainly uh, pushed out on B-Port and it's really uh, marketed heavily by native instruments because they create a lot of hardware behind that. But I will talk about that in a future episode into much more detail. But I really wanted to just keep, you know, keep it to the pros and cons of Bport overall and uh yeah i love Bport. it's a great great service um i'll always continue to buy music on there you know they uh they have really good stuff and i'm and i'm super happy to uh to know what they do best so uh yeah guys that's Bport, and we'll, we'll keep it going here on today's podcast monday march 26th 2018 we're talking the pros and cons of uh, the major digital music retailers and uh you know more efficient and effective ways to buy your music here Okay, so next on this list, um, a service actually that I really maybe only started to use uh, in late 2017, maybe late fall of, uh, of last year in 2017, I was exposed to this. Um, and I'm talking about Juno Download. That's uh, junodownload.com. Um, really cool retailer, really cool independent retailer. Um, they got a lot of cool stuff on there. I got to say, you know, music that I just haven't heard on any other store. Um, things that are just really unique, you know, total, total at the bottom of the crate in terms of, uh, you know, its exclusiveness and its uniqueness. Um, but really great music. And uh, Juno Download, um, if you're not familiar, Juno Download is one of the largest independent dance music download stores in the world and has been online since March 2006. Um, and since then, they've built a reputation as one of the most comprehensive sources for new and back cataloged dance music. They have more than 2 million tracks um, available in high quality MP3 and WAV formats. Um, you know, some other of the, of the main features, some of the pros of, of using Juno Download are uh, that they're digital rights management free, they're DRM free. Um, so you can easily copy and transfer the files between your desktop or laptop, phone or whatever. Um, unlike, you know, some of the other DRM management purchased, uh, you know, tunes like if you go to apple for example if the aac purchased music file it's very hard to transfer that between computers sometimes you know you have to get into an mp3 format or you know figure out how to uh how to reroute the drm a little bit so i really like how they're kind of open source here um and being drm free 
Um, another cool thing is they have a lot of DJ friendly full length tracks. Um, you know, they have the, the cut. So when the label or the artist sends it to Juno download, sometimes they'll have like a special extended cut or some other sort of, you know, DJ edited cut of the record, um, which is really good for mixing in. They have extended intros, extended outros. Um, so that's some really cool things there. Um, they have a custom download manager too. That's really cool. It's an app that you can download right to your computer and then you can manage all of your downloads and see all your purchases, um, right from your desktop. So it doesn't even have to be from the web enabled browser. Um, which is a really easy way to, you know, manage all your music and carry it over, you know, into your main tree or however you organize your music library. Um, and Juno's really good. I got to say, it's a really good value. Um, like I said, I mean, their charting feature is really cool. They have uh, a lot of different ways that they break down the music. They break it down into genres, new this week, new today. They have the sales charts. They have DJ charts, you know, um, recommended. They have sample packs up there. They sell stems as well on Juno. Um, you know, those are the main pros. Like I said, Juno is really cool. I always love supporting Juno. Um, you know, they're very friendly. They have a lot of good stuff on there. But um, we'll talk about some of the cons here. And uh, my biggest thing is, you know, as soon as you go to the, the website, oh, man, does it look outdated. I mean, you know, I love Juno and the team is great, but they really need to re-strategize and rethink their overall brand image. I mean, especially for the website. It is just weird like it's not that it's necessarily the worst you know it's very simple and straightforward but you know in comparison to some of the other digital retailers i mean you know the actual the way that the website looks is just really strange in my opinion um it almost like looks a little bit clunkier and like you know really old school maybe even like late 90s early 2000s um, I would really like to see that updated with, you know, like maybe a better user interface or something, you know, that's a little bit more pleasing to the eye to use. I think that they could really help the brand image there and uh, get them a lot bigger new customer base for sure. Um, you know, just changing it up, you know, in terms of its aesthetic, the website aesthetic, I think can really uh, can be approved, um, you know, that can better reflect the brand because I love supporting Juno Download. They're a great company. I really, you know, I'm a pre I appreciate what they're doing. Um, they're keeping it real. They're keeping it independent. So kudos to Juno Download. And uh, like I said in the beginning, Juno is one of the lesser known digital retailers right now. Um, and you guys should really just check it out. JunoDownload.com. It's a great, great place to buy music. Really good value. Um, awesome stuff on there. So I absolutely recommend checking out what they have to offer. You know, and all the good artists whose music they sell over on there. So that's JunoDownload.com. Really good stuff. And we'll keep it going here. As I continue to talk about the best way to buy music, to add to your collection, the pros and cons of the digital music retailers, we'll keep it going here on this episode. All right, guys, so we'll keep it going here. Uh, next in line here is going to be Track Source. So I'm talking Track Source right now. That's T R A X Source.com. Track Source. Um, it's a really, really cool independent retailer. Um, if you haven't heard of them, it's probably because you don't buy a lot of house music. So TrackSource is all based around house music. Um, you know, they've really started in the underground days. This is one of the, the ways that people would really find their exclusive records. Um, it was really for, you know, A&R people to collaborate and to find really cool stuff. Uh, I've, I've been buying music from them for a while. Um, but again, it, it's really based around the house music community. 
which is cool. You know, I think it's really interesting and unique that a retailer is specializing in, in a genre in itself. Um, because you know when you go there, you know that what kind of style of music you're looking for. You know what kind of parameters you're looking for, um, as opposed to some more open-ended stuff that you'll find when you go to you know the house music category on some other retailers that really don't fall within maybe you know the the, the specific style of house you you know you're looking for, or you know more niche subcategories, more subgenres of uh, within house. So Track Source, really great place. The music is very reasonably priced. Um, like I said, I think you can get MP3 and both WAV files on most releases on there. Um, track source, really cool. They have an awesome history. I know they work with you know some of the best independent uh, labels in the underground dance music community. Um, you know across the globe. Like I said, I mean A and R people have really looked at Track Source as kind of this this home base for uh, for house music and to really see what's trending and to see what you know the next records are going to be. Um, and it's cool the way the, we the, the website is laid out. It's super intuitive. It's awesome to look at. Um, you know, they're featured and their compilations are really good. They have just added, you know, uh, they have DJ Top 10s, which is this really cool um, thing where you can, you know, go and see these different DJs and see the most recent records that they're playing. Um, so I really like it. I like the whole brand behind it. I like uh, how it's just so easy to use. And, um, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it's pretty reasonably priced depending on, you know, the release that you're looking at. And um, it's it's just a smooth experience. It's just a really, really smooth experience. And, uh, you know, I don't think it should go unnoticed. And that's why I really wanted to bring it up in here um, when I'm talking about all the digital music retailers because, you know, if you're into house music, if you're into underground dance music, um, you really got to check out Track Source because it's a really good place to find music and like I said there's stuff that pops up on there that you just won't find anywhere else and uh, the real reason I actually the, I think now that I'm thinking about it um, right now the way that I got exposed to track source must have been through Mixcloud because I know Mixcloud whenever you post uh, your track lists into Mixcloud a lot of times it gives you the buying option which draws you right back into the track source um, page so that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if that's some sort of collaboration that goes on or whether that's linked up, you know, on, a, on an independent basis. But um, I've noticed that that's pretty popular is when uh, you're listening to a mix on Mixcloud and you actually click through to buy the record if you like it. It brings you right to track source page. So um, that's some. All right, guys. So that's going to conclude today's podcast on Monday, March 26th. Um, you know, we talked a lot today about, uh, you know, the pros and cons of buying music from these digital music retailers, um, you know, and, and what some companies are doing good, what some companies are doing bad, what they can improve on, which is the real key here is I think everybody can improve and continue to improve and refine their uh, their strategy a little bit, you know, to just make them that much better and uh, stand out from the rest and continue to compete in this space. And, um like I said, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing is just to, you know, I, I really want to make this a great podcast for, for people just starting out too. you know what I mean? Because it's all about, you know, sharing the knowledge and helping each other out. So, you know, if you're a DJ who's just starting out or, um, you know, you're looking to, you know, grow your music collection, right? It's all about efficiency and effectiveness. And I just want to drive this home. You know, you want to make sure that every dollar you spend is really going to get you out the best, um, 
collection towards the end of the day. And uh, just be careful, guys, where you're spending your money because you don't want to spend a lot of money on uh, stuff that where you where you could save money. So I mentioned it a little bit throughout the segments here, but you know something you should do is always compare prices between these retailers. So you know before you hit the buy button, go see how much it is on iTunes. Go see how much it is on Beatport. Go see how much it is on you know track sources somewhere else because what you'll find a lot of the time is that there is a cheapest option for the music. Um, you know, and like I said, I mean, unless you're an audiophile where you need the .aiff file or you need the .wave, where only certain retailers sell that format, um, you should always just be looking to have the best quality music possible. And uh, we'll talk about quality again in the future, but, you know, for me at least, as long as I'm purchasing the proper MP3 format, or as long as you're buying the music outright from a proper retailer, you shouldn't have to worry about quality because it's going to come the best possible. Um, you know, even at 256 KBPS, through like the AAC, uh, the AAC Apple files, I mean, they sound good on uh, almost all speakers that I've played. Played on, you know. So to you know to to say to invest the extra money in the wave file to exclusively buy through some of these retailers, uh, for me right now just doesn't make sense. Like I said, I mean I'm growing my library at an extremely fast rate, and I'm just being super conscious about where I'm spending my money and how I'm spending my money. You know, I'm being very strategic about it. So um, let me know what you guys think. I'm gonna add a little bonus clip up on my Anchor page, so Anchor.fm/slash JackalJob. I'm gonna be uploading a bonus clip. You'll only be able to hear it there. So if you're listening through Apple Podcasts or a Pocket Casts here, you won't be able to listen to this bonus clip. So you're going to have to go and download the Anchor app and favor me on anchor.fm to hear the bonus clip. And in the bonus clip, I'm going to be talking about the most effective way to look for free music. So we talked a lot about today about how to find paid music and the best ways to buy music, but I'm going to show you the best ways to find free music. And this doesn't mean ripping music. This means the best way to find the high quality download for free that a lot of artists and a lot of labels will offer to you. You just have to know how to find it. So that's going to be in my bonus clip exclusively on anchor.fm. So you make sure to follow me there. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jekyll Javio. If you enjoyed this podcast or have a comment or agree or disagree with some of the things, you know, I, I've said here in this podcast, give me a shout out. Let's talk it up. Um, like I said, I'm all about different perspectives and collaborating with people, uh, you know, here doing audio content for you guys. And I hope you guys learn something new. Um, I'm learning more every day just by, you know, getting my ideas out there and sharing them with you. But, um, yeah, it was a good day today. Like I said, Monday, we'll be back every single day. I'm doing podcasts every single day. New topics in music technology, the music businesses, live entertainment, uh, my personal life, my journey. We're covering it all here. So make sure to follow me, guys. I'll see you all soon. Jekyll Jive. One love, y'all. Peace.